This is Thank You Heartbreak. Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea Lee Trescott. As a breakup coach, relationship advice columnist, and the founder of Break Upward, Chelsea is passionate about human beings and their stories. She talks to people about their journeys in love, growth, heartbreak, revelations, and every wound and lesson along the way. This podcast shines a light on heartbreak, showing you that the most crushing experiences are also your greatest opportunity to become meaningful, relatable human beings. Now, let's get to the heart of it. Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea Lee Trescott with episode, what episode is this? 18, one of my favorite numbers, episode 18 of Thank You Heartbreak. And today, I'm doing something pretty spectacular. I'm not bringing New York City into this episode. I know you guys have heard honking before, ambulance before, people chattering before, but today, that ain't happening. You're just going to hear nature. I'm in the mountains right now, in North Carolina, in the mountains, and I thought, you know what? What if I just took my mic and I would, what, what, I went and planted myself in the woods amongst birds, chirping, nature, What if that was the real healing trick? You hear that? In all sincerity, I could really use uh, some revelations today. I'm long overdue for revelations. That's how I woke up. I woke up feeling like I had some stuff inside of me that needs to come out and, well, I won't go too far down that rabbit hole. Only to tell you that I might be recording another episode after this one that speaks a little bit about the sting of my breakup. For now, though, this is not what this is about. This episode is going to be about loneliness, about choosing to be with a partner out of loneliness, out of, you know, the fear of being alone and how that will feel. And yet also, you know, when you're in a relationship and it's codependent, so if you're feeling like you're with someone because you're lonely, then the thing that kind of haunts you is the very reality that you're lonely. It's always kind of at the forefront of your mind because it's always at the forefront of your love. So I'm going to be discussing that in this episode. And another reason I've chosen this topic for today and chosen to share really a big part of my story surrounding loneliness and love today is because yesterday was 4th of July. And actually this article of mine, which I published with Thought Catalog, was featured by them on Independence Day. So to them, it had something to do with freedom. And I hope you can find a similar sort of message and resonance when you hear my story. Shall we get started on episode 18? I didn't tell you why that was one of my favorite numbers. It's because the 18th is my birthday. Actually, the 18th of this month, July 18th. And I'm kind of excited about my age. I am. I realized that. I was telling my dad last night. I was telling my father last night. I'm excited about my age because with what I'm doing in my life... I think the age that I'm turning lends itself some credence, you know? I'm no longer a little kid helping people out. I'm an adult. I'm a grown woman. A growing woman. All right, enough of me. Let's just get into this. I fought too often for relationships to last. For one more time together to get it right. I fought with, I fought for, and mainly, I fought against myself, my intuitive side, the side that's bidding in my favor, that's pushing hard for growth. 
What I've been fighting, of course, was never what it appeared to be a fight for. It was never a fight over something that was present in my life or belonged to me. It was never a fight over the feelings I had and which I was so afraid I'd lose. Perhaps that's why it was often excruciating. Because the fight has always been over the absence of something. Over what I wasn't feeling. Over the feelings I had already lost. My fight came from this. From the sadness in just what wasn't there. From the heartache of all that was missing. I can now be honest about this. Now that I'm over it, I can be transparent about the way I have loved. Now that I'm not dependent on love in a way that is frightened and pained. I can be so transparent that it's almost cruel. Here's the truth. I've been afraid usually of loneliness, of becoming empty without intimacy, empty without having one person whom a mutual commitment to share myself deeply with has been promised. I feared what once happened to me when I was without love, a friend and a confidant. What happened to me when I was without romance, without a person with whom I could be emotionally daring. I've been afraid of the trauma which came from losing those experiences, the depression I fell into, the deprivation that seeped into my days, my years, the misery that became an entire period of my life. This is why I've latched onto romantic partners. This is why I have fallen into love so I could guard myself against the trauma of my past, against my own paralysis and spiraling down. I sought out commitment, a partner who would be there for me, who in many ways had to be there for me, or at least was expected to. The harm was I became dependent on this person's presence in my life. How? Because I didn't feel comfortable in the world without them. Because I would wait to live, to really even feel alive, until they were around and at my side. The person I was waiting for was always a boyfriend and ironically, always a long distance boyfriend. But waiting for a single person to arrive was one of my worst mistakes. Because the comfort I felt was always an illusion. You see, any aliveness I gained through a boyfriend was impossible to sustain. It was also an enormous expectation to put on a person. It was selfish of me and it was unfair. Using my boyfriend as an emotional bodyguard feels insincere just speaking into this mic and telling you this, but it is the truth. The truth is, no boyfriend could ever protect me long enough, could ever guard against the pain that went so deep. And experiencing that reality, the reality that no one could provide for me like I needed to provide for me, left me with something more than sadness. It created a panic in me, a hopeless and hysterical dependency. I cried more around the men I loved than God. I don't even know, but they know. They must know. They have to know. The men I loved had to know that I was sad, that something was seriously wrong, that something essential was missing, severely, blatantly missing. But because my relationships were always long distance, I often leaned on the idea that what was missing was them. And it was easy for my boyfriends to think so too, to believe I was crying because they were gone or always close to leaving me. Not true. My love was conditional my enjoyment circumstantial. I was a sad girl looking to be made happy, looking to be, well, saved. I wanted out of love the promise that I'd be carried into the world protected and never alone, that maybe I had to make myself happy and that not doing so was the trouble was never an option I let myself consider. 
That was the trouble. The trouble was in everything I was avoiding. I was avoiding being responsible for myself. But then you have to understand that seeing things as they really were and as they needed to be was tremendously complicated. I mean, how could I possibly even approach such a concept when I had already fallen out of touch with myself, with who I was and what I needed at the very core? It's hard to look at problems and be resourceful when you are a problem. It just felt like a mountain I could never scale. When I think back on myself, I remember how impossible I felt, how hopeless and strained I was for love. I'd convinced myself that if I lost my boyfriend, I would digress and crumble. I would lose my potential, my future. Without anyone to confide in, I'd lose my voice all over again. I'd become again what I was terrified of being. A woman who had lost her capacity for sensitivity, for understanding, for disagreement and realization and experience. A woman entirely on her own, invisible, forgettable, forgotten. That is who I had been. That is who I was afraid of being, of becoming again. I was petrified of that. Petrified of losing access to what I honored most, emotional intimacy, insight, connection, and personal growth. This sounds ironic, I know it. How could I have been achieving growth, let alone insight, through a medium wound up in so much denial, desperation, and dependence? I guess I didn't see that part of it then. Evidently, the irony was a lot to miss. What I didn't catch on to was that, because I was in such denial, the only way I actually ever managed to grow was by facilitating a boyfriend's growth the understanding of his own life, and the clarifying of his own dreams. You see, by focusing so deeply on a boyfriend or on fixing the relationship between us, I was continuously robbing myself of my own needs and evolution. I was using my boyfriend. I was. I was using my boyfriend and our relationship and the issues embedded in both to distract myself from myself and the scale of my own issues. Now that I can see this for what it was, I'm recognizing why my feelings weren't changing and why my life was never progressing. Basically, I'm coming to understand why I wasn't getting better or becoming any less afraid either. I was stuck. I was stuck because I kept repeating myself. I kept doing the only thing I knew to do, to reach out for a boyfriend to make a pattern out of long-distance relationships and serial dating of not letting go and not focusing on myself. Back then, I just wouldn't let myself do it. I wouldn't let myself discover whether I had even an ounce of power to look after myself. An ounce of power to see that the trauma of my past didn't have to control my destiny, let alone the reality of the day. The saddest, most debilitating part was I didn't believe I could teach myself or learn my way into strength. So consequently, I couldn't see the end of my pain and codependency. I couldn't see through all the tears. I couldn't see the reality I created for myself or the potential I had to overcome it. And that's because I had my back turned away from it the entire time. I never faced in the direction that could really ever even offer me anything new that could challenge and uplift me. Today, I am not in a relationship, and this is a big deal. I have never been so single, so grounded, and so in love. 
These days I am allowing opportunities as well as people to come into my life and leave my life as they may, as maybe even they should. I've been trusting in their duration, that people come and bear their purpose, and to not fight them on that, to not fight them or my own feelings that suggest that I must, at least for now, let go. More than anything, I've been trusting in the timing of my life. And as a result, I've been able to recover from my impulse toward latching, of staying fearful and blind, oblivious to my feelings and what I know is hurting and holding me back. As I let life happen, I'm finding that what I'm also allowing for is life to simply play itself out. Now that I'm not trying to desperately control and convince myself of anything, I'm seeing that life does change, that days do build on themselves and create a grander reality. I'm understanding that feelings do come and go, and because they transform, they enable us to expand. But for us to expand, we must allow our feelings to transform. Now every time I let go, I open myself to the unpredictable. And you know what? The unpredictable has, so far, never let me down. What I mean is the unpredictable has often been exactly what I need. It's always been worth being open to. I see now that once we let go of one thing, something else truly does come into our lives. And by being available to welcome it, our lives are able to advance. Opening myself to the chances I would have otherwise missed before feels like a miracle, a blessing. I'm convinced that this is the way to live. At least, this is the more rewarding way. You have to let go and let in. You have to let life be. This is the only way growth works. The single way we evolve, that's the formula. Let life in, let life go, let life be. The order doesn't necessarily matter, only the principles do. What's becoming clear to me now is that freedom is contingent on one's capacity to take care of themselves, to be with themselves. That is freedom. Freedom is the ability to feel alive and cared for when you are alone. Freedom grows with our capacity to live our life less and less fearfully, to live our life without waiting until someone else shows up to accompany us as we tread the waters and tiptoe into the world. Freedom is no longer tiptoeing. Freedom is finding our own rhythm to dance through life with. What this change has given me is peace of mind and faith, which combined gives me a great sense of presence and optimism. Mind you, none of this means that I've lost my capacity to cry. You heard me on the last episode. I definitely was crying then. I still cry. I cry a lot, but rarely because things are bad and never because I'm stuck, never because I'm breaking down. These days, I cry because life fascinates me and moves my heart, because I appreciate all that has gotten me here. Yes, even the pain. In fact, especially the pain. I appreciate the pain because it has been the catalyst for all my strength today. It has generated this wisdom of mine that empowers me through life. And you know what I've noticed? Pain is how we become relatable to others. This is so important to me. The kinship, the camaraderie, the contact with people which I've always been so starved for. Guess what? I'm able to receive it now. I don't know why I was ever limiting myself to one person to take in all this with. Why I would ever wait for someone else to arrive when I have the universe exploding with life and lessons and love all on the other side of my door. That's what brings me to tears. I cry because now that I'm open to life, life is able to touch me. 
and this makes everything feel so honest and that honesty feels unreal. Today, I can say I finally feel honest, especially about the relationship I have with myself. This is really what this all culminates to, this lesson right here. By letting go of my old storyline, by letting go of my compulsion to latch and depend significantly on others, I've been able to release myself into a life where my choices, my mindset, my relationships, and my moments all feel honest. That's why I'm happier. This is also why I'm not so afraid anymore, because I'm living honestly with myself. And through honesty, I'm able to finally take care of me, too. Thank you so much for listening to my story about how I overcame the worst tendency in myself and in the way that I loved. Simply that I was latching onto people to avoid myself, to avoid feeling what it would feel like to be alone with myself, to see that it wasn't a relationship that was making me feel lonely. Really, it was just that I felt so lonely within myself and lonely with the choices I was making for myself. I wasn't proud of myself. And that's why I couldn't stand the idea with just being with myself. If this episode resonated with you, it would mean the world to me to have you rate and review this podcast on iTunes. When you rate and review it, iTunes understands that this is a podcast that people are listening to and they actually make it more visible. And that is what I am hoping for, that this podcast will be visible and that I and the guests that come on here can make its way into other people's ears, people's ears that I don't know that may need a little light and perspective right now in their life. If you want to reach me in the podcast further, you can connect with me on Instagram at thankyouheartbreak. You can send me a direct message there and you can also email me from Instagram or you can email me at chelsea at breakupward.com. If you want to work one-on-one with me, you can shop my services at breakupward.com slash shop and you can check out directly from my site. Again, that's breakupward.com and thank you so much for spending this time with me. Until next time, bye everyone. <laughs>